remember the movie Four Weddings and a Funeral? Anybody remember that movie a little bit? In the movie, Hugh Grant plays a young man named Charles, and Charles shares a flat, as they call it in Britain, an apartment with a, a girl named Charlotte. And in the series of the movie, they keep getting invited to weddings. The movie opens up with Charles realizing that they've overslept. And he has to go in and he has to wake up Scarlett and she's overslept. And they're rushing and rushing and rushing to get to this wedding. And they're in a Mini Cooper. And they're driving down the motorway when all of a sudden they realize there goes the exit they just missed. And so he backs up on the motorway, moving cars away from him so that he can take that exit. And then when they get to the church, they pull up outside to the church in the driveway, and Charlotte is having to put on her dress outside of the church. Charles is trying to get his necktie done, and the bride shows up, and they have to run past to make it into the church before the bride gets there. Then we see the front of the wedding, and Charles is the best man. And he realizes he's forgotten the rings for the wedding. And so he, he signals to his friends in the back of the church that, that he needs a couple of rings and, and surreptitiously they're, they're like trying to hide behind each other and trying to find a couple of rings and then we see the groom put on the bride's finger this huge heart-shaped multicolored plastic garish looking thing onto the bride's hand and then we see the bride put on the groom's finger a metal ring with a skull and wings very attractive. In the movie, Charles has a reputation for being late to everything. Charles and Charlotte forget things. They're not where they're supposed to be when they're supposed to be there. They're just never ready. Our scripture today is about being ready. But our scripture does sound a little bit strange to us because the way they're using bridesmaids doesn't really translate into what we experience with bridesmaids here. In Jesus' time, what would happen is all of the young women, the young unmarried women in town were bridesmaids. And they would wait outside for the groom to come out of the groom's house and form a procession from the groom's house to the bride's house where they would pick up the bride and then they'd all turn around and process back again to the groom's house where the wedding would be followed by the wedding feast. So the bridesmaids in our parable this morning are waiting for the groom to show up so that they can process to get the bride and come back. In our story, we have ten bridesmaids. It calls five of them wise and five of them foolish. The wise ones are the ones who bring extra oil with them, and the foolish are the ones who don't? Well, the groom gets delayed for whatever reason, and around midnight, the call goes out, here comes the groom. Well, the wise bridesmaids have extra oil. Those who didn't bring any extra oil don't have any, and they're saying, hey, give me some of yours. And the wise ones are saying, no, go and buy your own, or we're going to be late ourselves. We don't have enough to share. You've got to go on your own and take care of that. Have you noticed that this takes place at midnight? Where are they going to buy more oil at midnight? They didn't have Walmart then. They couldn't go and pick up things. 
my guess is, is that these five bridesmaids had to go home to their own homes, sleep until morning, and then go get oil, and then come and join the festivities. We want to talk about the different elements of this story. And the first thing we want to talk about is the oil. What the oil represents in this story. In that time, the lamps, there's, there's a picture of one on the front of your bulletin, but the lamps came in different shapes, different sizes, but they were filled with liquid oil and you would have a wick that would come out of them. So no matter the shape of the lamp, you were going to need extra oil if you're going to be burning for a long time and the groom was late, they needed extra oil. But what does the oil represent in the parable? The oil has to represent something that you can't borrow from someone else. That somebody else has some, but, but you can't have access to it. And it also has to represent something that we can have in reserve, that we can have extra of. But then we also see that the parable begins with the kingdom of heaven is like, and so the oil has to relate something to entering the kingdom of heaven and fully participating in the kingdom of heaven. I think the oil is faith. And from what I've read from the commentators this week, it's faithful, active, obedient discipleship. So it's faith and how we live out our faith. When we stop and think about it, we can say to somebody, I shared my faith. Well, what we mean is we told someone about our faith journey and how we came to faith and the role that faith plays in our lives. But it's not like I can peel off a piece of my faith and give it to someone else. That would be nice sometimes. I would, I would enjoy being able to give someone else a piece of faith, and I would also like to borrow some from other people sometimes, but that's not something that we can do. We also know that faith is the only thing required for us to receive salvation. We receive salvation by grace through faith. Faith is sufficient for us to receive God's gift of eternal life in the presence of the Creator who loves us more than we can ever possibly imagine. So for me, the oil is faith. And then extra oil plays a part as well. My husband Steve has a faith that I envy. He is just always reassured that it's going to be okay. And there are times that I go to him and say, I don't see how this is going to turn out, and he'll say, it's okay. It's going to be fine. I would love to have some of Steve's faith on occasion and pull it out because he's just, he doesn't worry. I worry all the time, and Steve doesn't. And I wish that I had that sense of assurance that Steve has. Notice in the parable that all, all ten bridesmaids had oil. They all had faith, but some had extra. They brought, I don't know, a little pail that would have had some oil in it. They brought a reservoir of faith. And it's that reservoir that we can build up. We can make our faith grow. Our faith can increase. Our faith can develop and deepen. And we have reservoirs of faith we don't even know we have. That faith is there that we don't even know is there. And that's what the extra oil represents. 
The bridesmaids needed to bring extra oil because they didn't know how long it was going to take for the groom to show up. For those of you who don't know, Steve and I are bicycle riders, and we're not just the ones who go around the neighborhood. We go bike riding. Whether we do a short route or a long route, some things are the same. We always have a spare inner tube with us. We have a pump with us. We have tools to fix a flat tire. And Steve has tools for Steve to fix a flat tire. And we have Allen wrenches for when my seat gets all wonky or something needs to get adjusted. And even when we do short routes right around the neighborhood, we each have a bottle of water with us. But the longer routes that are coming up this spring and summer, those 40-mile routes, those 60-mile routes, you take a little more water, all right? You take a lot more water, and we also have a bottle of Gatorade. And then I have these things that are called goo gels that are just packed with sugar and magic stuff that makes my legs work harder. I don't know what they are, but you can't use them on the short routes. They're only for the long routes. We even dress different for the longer routes, and it's actually pretty humorous when you're in your full cycling gear. There's a different preparation for a short route than for a long route. And for 10 of these bridesmaids, they were prepared for a longer wait. They were prepared for a longer haul. Sometimes in life, our faith gets depleted. Sometimes in life, we feel tested and we can just feel that faith just running right out of us. And we got to have this reservoir to dip into. That reservoir of where our, strength, our faith has been strengthened and deepened. And just over time... By living out our faith, we've developed this reservoir of faith that we can turn to. And that's what gets us through the longer haul. Why is the bridegroom delayed? Why is there this emphasis on a longer wait? The scripture in this parable is referring to the second coming of Jesus Christ. Now, as Christians, we believe that Jesus died on the cross, and we believe that on Easter morning, Jesus was raised from the dead. We also believe that Jesus is going to come around a second time. And when Jesus does come around a second time, all of creation will be reconciled. All of creation will be healed. We call it a new heaven and a new earth. Everything, everything will be made whole, and well and new and better than it ever was before. That second coming of Jesus Christ is called the parousia. Everybody say parousia. parousia. Say parousia. parousia. Say parousia. parousia. Congratulations, you just spoke Greek. So go home, tell your grandma you spoke Greek today. The parousia. That's what this scripture is about. Remember that the Gospel of Matthew is written to the first and second generation of believers. They thought that Jesus' second coming was going to happen in their lifetime, and it wasn't happening, and it wasn't happening, and it wasn't happening, and that wait just got longer and longer and longer. So this scripture is written to say, yeah, the wait may be long, but we can be ready for it. This scripture is written for us. The wait for when we're going to see Jesus again may be longer, but we can be ready for it. 
Last week, we talked about living out our faith. We talked about the importance of faith not just being here and stuck on a shelf and left there. We've talked about living out our faith by loving God with all that we have and all that we are and loving our serving our neighbor. That's how we live out our faith. By living out our faith, we create that reservoir that we can dip into when other things get depleted. That's how our faith grows. The more we live out our faith, the deeper our faith becomes. Recently, the adults on Sunday, on Sunday mornings and on Sunday evenings have been reading a book together. It's a book by Adam Hamilton. It's titled Simon Peter. We're taking a look at Simon Peter's life. I love the subtitle on this, that Simon Peter was a flawed and faithful disciple. That's all of us, flawed and faithful. There was something in what we read the prior week that just struck me as this is what living out faith looks like. These are Adam Hamilton's words. I wonder how our lives might change if we each saw this as our mission, that we are servants of others, servants of our mates, servants of our customers, servants of our fellow employees, and servants of the servants of God. Living out our faith is living as a servant to others, giving of ourselves, giving of that love, serving each other. When we live out our faith as servants, then we are living into the kingdom of heaven. We've talked about this many times. The kingdom of heaven is wherever and whenever the will of God is done. When we do the will of God as a servant to those around us, we are living in the kingdom of heaven. When we are servants on behalf of God's name to others, then we are living out our faith. That's what we're talking about. Living out our faith, creating that reservoir of extra oil is by being a servant to others, loving and serving others. What in your life is not faith being lived out? What in your life is going on that is not creating a life of a servant for someone else. It leads me to this question. If Jesus were to come today, what do I want Jesus catching me doing? Do I want Jesus catching me on the couch watching Judge Judy? Or Blue Bloods? Do I want Jesus catching me gossiping about somebody else or being mean to somebody else? No. Do I want Jesus catching me feeding someone who is hungry or listening to someone who is in pain? Do I want Jesus catching me in worship or in prayer? What is it in your life that is not living out your faith? What is it in your life that you need to change so that Jesus will catch you doing something different? Our parable today is about faith and about being ready. We are ready when we live out our faith and our servants to others. The ten bridesmaids that are labeled as foolish 
were not prepared for the long haul or they mistakenly thought that somebody else could be in preparation on their behalf. Your faith is yours and yours alone. You cannot borrow faith from someone else. Your faith is yours and yours alone. And the good news is that your faith can grow and deepen and have a reservoir for you to dip into when you feel depleted. How are you living out your faith this day? What do you want Jesus finding you doing? In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.